Hello and good Friday, friends. This is the JRPG Report coming to you a day later than usual, episode 195. You know, usually we put these things out on Thursday, but um, as I posted on our Twitter and Facebook pages on Wednesday, I thought there was at least a good reason to wait until Friday this week, and that was last night's video game award show that seemed to drag on forever. <laughs> but um, as we talked about last week, there was at least a possibility, a chance, you might say, that we were going to learn about the Chrono Cross remaster. Let's go ahead and get it out of the way. It didn't happen. <laughs> as you would think, that would probably be the thumbnail for today's podcast if, in fact, it was announced last night, and we'll talk a little bit about that in just one moment. Um, overall, I'm not a big like video game or movie or any other type of uh, award show type person, so I didn't actually watch it. I kind of just kept with kept up with it online and see if there's any major announcements. There was at least one pretty big announcement, and then, of course, that was our thumbnail and our lead story for today. And uh, PC players, rejoice. You can now join and play the masterpiece of Final Fantasy VII Remake in its integrated form, so you get the um, DLC as well. Um, that's all included. This one first came out back in June on PS5, um, but uh, there was, I think at the time they said it was going to be a six-month window exclusive for PlayStation 5, so I guess it ended up being, what, seven? I'm not great on the month. Well, I guess it was exactly six months, yeah. So you will get to play <laughs> the entire experience of Remake on December the 16th, coming to the Epic's Game Store. Um... I'm not a mass, you know, member of the PC Master Race, so I don't know exactly what that means. I guess it doesn't mean it's coming to Steam. That's going to only be through Epic. But <clears throat> I'm sure you'd rather have it there than not at all, right? Um, I, like I said, I don't know what that specifically means or if it's good or bad, but it's there. And now the graphically enhanced and expanded version uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, which took home awards for both Best RPG and Best Score in Music at last year's Video Game Awards, includes a wealth of graphical, gameplay, and system enhancements and builds on a critically acclaimed action RPG with a new adventure in episode Intermission with our girl Yuffie. Um, uh, they have improved textures, lighting, background environments, a fully customizable fo photo mode, and more. Uh, integrated for PC, also supports 4K support, HDR support, uh, X input and direct input compliant controller support, keyboard and mouse support, plus the highest spec PCs could see a performance of up to 120 frames per second. That sounds fast. <laughs> that seems, you know, we always hear about people complaining about not getting 50 or 60 FPS, so 120 sounds insane. Uh, if you've got the rig to do it, now you can, uh, now you can play. So, uh, of course, you get not only the original game, but you get episode intermission DLC, 
this is all, uh, I guess you can buy it separately, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but you also get the intermission exclusive weapon, the Cact Star. The, uh, as far as armor goes, you get the Midgar Bangle, Shinra Bangle, and Cornolio Armlet. I believe those were uh, like a part of the Butterfinger promotions back when it first came out back on PS4. So now it's all included in there. The accessories of the Superstar Belt, Mako Crystal, and uh, Seraphic Earrings. And of course the uh, summons that were also part of those promos. Carbuncle, Chocobo Chick, and Cactar. Weapons, arm weapons, armors, and accessories and summons material will be available at launch through the gift box on the main menu. There was a short little teaser trailer that went along with it. Obviously made up for the game awards, but uh, didn't really go into too many specifics. Just hey, it's uh, it's finally there. So that it's on PC. Still no word on if or when it's coming to Xbox. I would have imagined it would have come out at the same time if it was going to. Maybe it's still coming, but um, yeah, there you go. Um, Epic's Game Store, you can get it on December the 16th. I don't know what the pricing is going to be for that, if it's just at 60 bucks or what, but um, yeah, there you go. So, chance to finally play. I mean, while I certainly had <clears throat> a few gripes, you know, story-wise and changes, and of course going from my beloved turn-based to an action system, uh, the game itself is a masterpiece. Don't don't hear what I'm not saying. Uh, you can complain about certain things and still utterly love a game, as I did. as I, I played it twice, which is something I don't really do if you've been a long-time listener of this podcast. Very few games, um, honestly, do I play more than once. So that's that's one of them, and it looked absolutely <laughs> uh, phenomenal on PS5, and somehow it'll look even better on PC. But that was kind of it as far as JRPGs go. Um, if you want to get um, off the beaten path a little bit, they did announce a uh, JRPG spinoff, <laughs> and it is... Persona 4 Arena Ultimax is coming out, the remaster of the 2012 game, because um, I guess some people wanted it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, it always seemed an odd game to me that you were going to take a story-heavy JRPG and turn it into a fighting game. From, from what I understand... Among fighting games, it's actually really well done, but that doesn't mean anything to me. I'm just not a fan of that genre. But uh, yeah, it's coming to PS4, Switch, and PC on March the 17th. Uh, if you don't want to wait that long, you can play it, of course, on PS3 and Xbox 360. Um, yes, that uh, of course, it worked with the Arc Systems work. That's probably why it was so good in the 2D fighting system. Um, it's a fighter that picks up after Persona 4 Arena and the events of Persona 4. In addition to the members of the P4 cast, Persona 3 people show up. I guess I could go Elizabeth and Junpei. Ken, along with Kormano, Mitsaru, and uh, Yukari are also there, as well as some other DLC 
members, including Agechi, Marie, and Margaret. So yeah, you can, if you got a persona itch to scratch and you want to do it by um, fighting everybody, there you can go. But yeah, so that's that's really all I got to share. There was tons of announcements um, from the, the award show, but yeah, nothing that really begs to be covered on this podcast. So yeah, sadly, no news of Chrono Cross Remaster at the Game Awards show. While I was, I guess, disappointed and I was kind of waiting for it, I also didn't really think it was going to happen for some reason. Um, I, I waited because that was the best chance of it at a, some type of event, right? And of course, the rumors going back are that it was going to be sometime in December. Obviously, there's a lot of month left for that to happen. But let's talk about what we do know and what we talked about last week is that crossover event with another Eden, the Cat Beyond Time and Space. They are calling this the, um, uh, what was it? Uh, well, now I've lost the, the name of it. Complex Dream is the crossover event going on uh, right now. It began on December the 9th. There was announcement trailers to go along with it, along with some other media. Uh, first released in 2000 by Square Company Limited, of course now Square Enix. This crossover event will feature characters such as Surge, Kid, and Harl, and is scheduled to begin worldwide December 9th. Well, that's done. The original scenario is being written by Masato Kato, involved with the development of both titles, and allows players to enjoy a new story born from the intersection of the two worlds. In addition, Yasunori Masadu and Noburo Yukai, core members that worked on the original Chrono Cross, have overseen the project. The cinematic trailer, created as a prologue to the symphony concert, features full 3D animation of the beloved characters along with the track Chrono Cross Scars of Time. So, there you go. I mean, it is certainly pretty cool what they're doing and seeing these characters, um, the new animations for them, not in-game per se, but like the uh, illustrations that they've done for them look really cool. Obviously, Chrono Cross did not have voice acting, um, being a PlayStation 1 game, but now it does. All characters, at least the three main characters, have voices. Surge is, vo is voiced by Ash Aston Frank. Kid is voiced by Sheena May. And Harl is voiced by Shazia Nichols. Those are all their English voice actors and actresses. Um, they make it even more dynamic, they say. Uh, game systems with a Chrono Cross feel addition as a special element of this crossover. Systems such as New Game Plus, elements, and field effects that evoke the game system of Chrono Cross have been given to give the game a Chrono Cross feel. Um, if you've not played Another Eden, it's a quality title. Um, as far as free mobile games go, it is definitely at the upper end of the spectrum. I don't particularly love the character models for it because it's a little chibi is not the right word for it, but they're definitely kind of squatty, <laughs> you know, in small contained form. So you've got, 
you know, surge there. But uh, he looks a little odd. Kid looks very weird. Like, they kind of got everything but the faces a little little off, in my opinion. Um, and we talked last week about some of the sum events and elements and field effects, the special attacks. They're all going to be set in it. There's also uh, difficulty settings that have been added in there. And, of course, there are um, bonuses that go along with it. Um, they did an interview with Masato Kato about this crossover event. And he said, uh, the question was, please tell us about the theme or concept you had in mind for the game. Keep in mind, he's worked on both projects. He said, I was thinking about how to bring the fun of parallel worlds to another Eden. It's impossible to aim for the same thing as Chrono Cross in terms of capacity. So my first priority was to figure out how to do it within the limits of what I could do. And the next question was, what did you focus on with creating the world of Chrono Cross for another Eden? He said, I didn't think too much about that because the concept of Chrono Cross characters wandering into the world of another Eden and starting a new adventure. However, I wanted to use the music from Chrono Cross as is right from the start. So I created the opening in a way that would overlap with Chrono Cross in terms of image. I don't like to do it in that way, so I usually don't, but this time was special. He says, for uh, for those not familiar with another Eden, please, please explain the appeal. So, there you go, if you've not played it. It's a time-traveling RPG where you can freely explore the world across multiple time periods. The story makes you cry, laugh, and has a lot of twists and turns. The graphics, sound, battles, and management are all being worked with our fullest of our determinations. He says, I, I like this question. Um, please tell us about the original story of Chrono Cross. What kinds of concepts and thoughts did you have when you were writing the story? He said, well, it was over 20 years ago. Since Chrono Trigger was about time travel, I thought the next step would be a parallel world. I remember thinking a lot about how to make the game that would, that would make the most of the theme, and he wanted to give a proper shape to the Radical Dreamers, which ended halfway. Um, so, there you go. I think, it's a, I think it's a really cool event. It's not what... <laughs> we were necessarily hoping for um and maybe it's a start so here's here's what i'm kind of thinking happened so this all goes back to the nvidia leak right where somebody saw chrono cross remaster maybe what it was and if this turns out to not be true right if this if this is all we get is this crossover event and there is no remaster what if so if have you ever, you know, when you're surfing the web, if you right clicked and go down to the bottom there, you got you know, you got your standard save as and print and you know, all those type of things. At the very bottom you can view page source or inspect. You ever clicked on those just for fun? Some of you uh, more nerdy programmer types probably do it all the time. I've dabbled in it a little bit, but when you do that, you get a whole bunch of information that you're not going to know what any of it is. So what if, and I'm just speculating, of course, what if that's what they saw for the NVIDIA League and they were just scanning all of these hundreds of thousands of lines of code and like a word search, just looking for words that popped off, 
right? When you look at a word search, you can see a couple words pretty easily, but other ones you got to search pretty hard for. Yeah, what if they just saw a Chrono Cross, right? And they just assumed it meant remaster when it just kind of was for this. I don't know. I'm in the back of my mind. I'm hoping that this is all just we're waiting uh, for its own separate announcement. But last night certainly would have been the stage to do that. And it didn't happen. So that just leaves to more speculation and hoping that before the end of the month, because there's a lot of people that are pretty hyped up about this. And for their sakes, I hope it turns out to be true that they get what they want. But, well, you guys know, as soon as I hear something, I will bring it to you. But until then, I, this could be the end of the story. I don't know. But, yeah, if, if you've not played another Eden, I would highly encourage you to go do that. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah, it's kind of a gotcha game. So if you want, you can pay for more product. But as I mentioned, it was pretty solid, and I, I enjoyed my time with it. Um, and maybe this gives you, especially if you are a Chrono Cross fan, maybe it gives you a little bit of reason to try out and see if you like it as well. So I did misspeak a little bit. There was one other announcement, and maybe um, another one will pop up that I forgot about um, in particular. Just at the Game Awards last night, there was a new trailer for Forspoken. Well, that is clearly pretty much just an action game. I don't see any RPG elements to it. From Square Enix using the Luminous engine, I think that game looks fantastic. And if they use that engine again in a JRPG, oh my goodness. Without all the craziness, <laughs> just keep it kind of uh, leveled. Um, I've, I'm, I'm excited about what could come of that because, wow. Just, just wow. But no, uh, there was one. It's kind of before the show. So if, <laughs> the game, I think the Game Awards lasted like four hours. And then, of course, there was a pre-show as well. During that pre-show, the Monster Rise Sunbreak expansion showed up. Uh, it got a new trailer. You can check that out on the JRPG Report YouTube page if you're curious about how that looks. Uh, there was a, a release window and announcement for Amiibo. Uh, support as well. So the only thing we know right now is that it's going to launch in summer of 2022 for Switch and PC. There'll be new monsters, including um, uh, what is that called? Uh, a new monster called the Lunagaron, and a new royal character has shown up in the trailer as well. That so looks pretty, pretty ferocious. There are three new amiibos that you can pick up for this one, if you've got some extra cash. <laughs> of course, Monster Hunter Rise will come out for PC on January 12th of next year. And by that point, it'll be all caught up when this expansion comes out for Sunbreak sometime in the summer. As soon as I hear, as soon as I hear news of that, I will pass along to you a more definite loose break. One other bit of interesting... Um, Monster Hunter news, and this we've talked about how popular the game is in Japan. We don't understand, okay? <laughs> Let me use this 
as an example. So uh, Google releases its most searched terms. I guess we'll see what America's was at some point in time. But from January 1st and 2021 until November 22nd, in the entire country of Japan, Google released its most searched words. And um, I'm, was it not number one? Yeah. Number one. Not like some recipe or a famous person or a big event or coronavirus. No, no. Um, the number one most... Okay, no, never mind. Okay, this is the most searched video game terms in Japan. Okay, so that makes a little more sense. But number one was Monster Hunter Rise. I thought this was like number one overall. I got I got my uh, <laughs> I got my terms messed up. But yeah, from video games, Monster Hunter Rise was number one uh, over. I'm not sure what Uma Masune Pretty Derby is, but it came in at number two. Pokemon Unite and Tales of Arise, Resident Evil Village, uh, some more things that you would more think about. But yeah, it's. It's number one with a bullet, and uh, I just thought that was pretty interesting. I, I did think it was a little more interesting thinking it was number one overall, but hey, that's not bad. Another big series in Japan, which got a remastered re-release this past week from Koei Tecmo, was Monster, Hun- Monster Rancher 1 and 2 DX, the trailer that came along with it, the launch trailer. Of course, you can't release a game without a launch trailer. But in it, there was a special message from executive producer uh, Kazumi Fujitu, Fujita. Um, in the launch trailer, he outlines various game systems, including the option to upload your monsters to the online servers. He encourages players to raise monsters for a world tournament, and there's even some gameplay footage. The, the, the gameplay footage is not going to blow you away. Um, you're not going to somehow think this is not a 20-year-old game. <laughs> But it is very, uh, very cool. There's several new features, including the addition of a high-speed mode. Uh, of course, they can upload those monsters to the online servers, which will allow them to participate in online battles and receive a battle ranking. And additionally, this version of the game includes extra monster slots. I know Dalton had fired this up, I think, yesterday, and he said instant uh, mega nostalgia feels as as this is going for. Um we're not getting this game. This is not a new game. This is the old games uh, remade. It's designed to do that. But yeah, if you're curious about how this game is looking, if you played those games back in the day and want to get into it, again, you can check out that launch trailer on our YouTube channel. It's available right now for Nintendo Switch, iOS, and Android. Well, actually, this just says iOS devices. I'm not sure if Android was... In there, it's just out of this article. And PC via Steam worldwide. Um, there was a good review for it over on Stokonria. I shared that article on our YouTube, or not our YouTube, but on our Twitter and Facebook pages. So if, you, if you're like, eh, I kind of like those games, but I don't want to see what's going on with this one, you should probably check out that review. I believe it was definitely a very positive review for it so you'll want to read that too i won't i won't ruin too much for you uh we've got some atelier uh sophie 2 the outcast of the mysterious dream uh, we've got two new trailers this week 
for first for the character Alet Clairtai. Um, she dreams of finding treasure that can only be found in Erday Witch. We talked about her a little bit before, but this is her uh, trailer showing her off. She's she's a procurer of things that she sells after finding them throughout town, but is also known for being reckless and wild. Alette helps Sophie explore this new world, setting out on a quest to find Sophie's friend, who appears to be missing. Of course, you know you can head over to our YouTube channel and check out her trailer, as well as the new trailer for Oleus Enders. O-L-I-A-S. He, uh, it says about his character, when Sophie and Alette return to Roytail, the only town, they are approached by a man named Oleus. He refers to himself as, quote, the world's strongest ultimate bodyguard. Doesn't look like it. By bodyguard standards, he's a bit slim. But <laughs> there you go. He claims to know a girl named Plasia and offers his services to help guide them to Natalia on the outskirts of town. But when the trio arrive and encounter Plasia, Sophie claims to not know this new girl. Talia Sophie 2, the alchemist of the Mysterious Dream, is due out for PS4, Switch, and PC via Steam on February 24th in Japan. The next day, February 25th worldwide, you can check out those two new trailers. I think it was last week I posted about 20 minutes of Japanese footage of the game, including some of the battle system. I had some comments on it that wasn't quite sure what they thought of the new system, at least as a, uh, like I said, I haven't played Sophie 1. So I'm not sure how this transitions from one to two in terms of battle system. Um, it does appear to be more like the older Atelier games, a little bit slower, whereas Ryza was still turn-based but a little bit quicker. Um, and some automatic actions from your other party members when you're not controlling them. This looks like it's straight-up turn-based. Nothing happens until you say for it to happen. Um, so if maybe you're a fan of that system more than Ryza, you might like this one more. Um, while I like the old systems, I felt like Ryza's battle system really upped the ante quite a bit. And while still giving me turn-based options, um, sped up things quite a bit with some auto-attack things. But uh, just popping off today was the announcement that there will be an official soundtrack for the game. It will release on the day before, February 23rd in Japan. It's available now for pre-order through the Gust online store and will cost about $34. will feature over 60 songs. Those who purchase the album directly from the Gust online store will receive a special case for it. Not sure if, uh, how this is going to be in the West or not. Um, this may just be for Japan, so I'll keep you up to date if I hear anything else about that. They did post a little sample video for it, but like I said, this just came out before the podcast, and I've got not got a chance to get this over on the YouTube. I'll try to do that a bit later this afternoon. Got a new trailer for the game Agla Rebirth from our uh, friends over at Brownies. <laughs> a new English trailer was released, as well as the announcement that it's coming to the Switch in addition to iOS and Android devices, here's a brief overview of the trailer that you can see over on the JRPG Report YouTube page. The inhabitants of Eglia are back on the Switch in Eglia Rebirth. Embark on a grand quest to restore the lost city of Eglia. 
In uh, this one, you'll be able to explore the world freely. The villagers will greet you with colorful expressions. Cutie pie spirits make reliable allies, they say. Um, this is due out for Switch via the eShop on, on December 16th in Japan, followed by the Americas, Europe, Australia, Korea, and Hong Kong at a later date and time. I believe this is already available on iOS, and it's just now making its way over to... Uh, to the Switch, but yeah, you can check that trailer out if you're curious. I'm not going to talk a ton about this game because I don't know if it's coming to the West or not, simply because it still has the title of Shika Bangurai no Buki Bukin Meshi. Uh, this is from Nippon Inchi Software, a new um, survival dungeon RPG. Um, they talked about the... Uh, New pose editor, jobs, gears, skills, consuming corpses, link attacks, and more. So yeah, it, it has all the sounding of a game that's not coming to the West, but you never know. This is a Dungeon Survival Tactical RPG where you lead a stranded group of adventurers out of a dungeon by gathering food and materials. Um, when their thirst and hunger were at their peak, these adventurers came across the course of a giant dead monster... Once they manage to escape starving to death, they look for a way out. Reach the surface by eating delicious things, weird things, and everything in between. You can change the hairstyle, face, voice, job, and more of your adventures. There are numerous jobs from swordsman to mage, cook, unemployed, and more. Form a party of four and challenge the dungeons. So yeah, I I want to see this get a... Um, a name that I can a little least a little bit easier to pronounce um, before <laughs> knowing that this one's coming out in the West or not. I believe this is coming for uh, PS4 and Switch um, sometime in Japan. I don't think it has even really a release window um, for it yet. And it you don't have to know who made this game; you will know it as soon as you see <laughs> the uh, images for it. It's it's an Ipon Itchy game if there ever was one. It looks kind of cool, but like I said, I want to see more information on it as far as a Western name before I really start diving into it. I mean, we can cover Japanese games, and that's cool and all, but it, I definitely focus on games that are coming to the West as that applies to, you know, people like myself who speak English or other countries in the West outside of Japan, right? Japan is their own thing. It's crazy. There's uh, plenty of games that don't come to the West, but uh, ones that do come get our focus, including a game I hadn't heard of before. It's from publisher Danjin Entertainment and developer Vesteria Project. They will release the strategy RPG Vesteria Sage Gaiden, the Sacred Sword of Sylvanstir for PC via Steam in English sometime in 2022. Uh, it first launched on March of 2019 in Japan. Its English release follows that of Mysterious Saga 1, The War of the Scions in late 2019. Here's an update or here's an about the game. Vesteria Saga is a strategy RPG where positioning, movement, and weaponry are paramount to success. Move your heavily armed units around a classically styled grid-based map and engage pirates, 
rebels, monsters, imperial soldiers, and anyone else that stands in your way. While Vesteria Saga 1 chronicled the battles that ensued in the Solvan Millennium War, Vesterian Saga Gaiden, I guess to be two, focuses on the further adventures of Zaid, the hero from the first game, bringing the tales of him and his companions to a thrilling, satisfying end. Across this epic quest, Zaid will encounter allies both new and old, while uncovering more of the mysteries behind the vile Margulets and their plan to plunge Vesteria into a new age of darkness. Sounds kind of cool for you strategy RPG fans. Kind of has an old school look to it. Um, I'm not going to say this was made on RPG Maker, but it kind of has a bit of that feel to it. Obviously, it's not this is like a real company, but um, it definitely has a classic. That There was a teaser trailer that came out for it. I threw that up on the YouTube channel. Um, looks kind of cool. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, it's coming to the West, so that's cool for PC players. No word yet if that's going to make it over to consoles or not but yeah maybe once they tie that down and it comes out on pc sometime next year they'll move it over to consoles we'll we'll have to wait and see uh no big surprise here that uh, pokemon brilliant diamond and pearl have sold like hotcakes especially i mean releasing it near the holidays was uh well it was a, a chance to make it more limited and and bring out some scalpers but yeah, it uh it's been out less than a month and they've sold six million copies. There you go. <laughs> uh it actually it sold six million in its first week. There so Lord knows how many that they are up to already. Um yeah, good call. Good call, Nintendo, Pokemon Company. Yeah. You know your product and you know <laughs> You know what you're going for. I thought this was a bit of a surprise announcement. Square Enix has released the Legend of Mana remaster for iOS and Android devices. Uh, this was previously available on PS4, Switch, and PC back in June, but now it is available for mobile devices, and it will go for $21.99. Uh, Not sure how it's really different from the console versions. I'd imagine it's kind of like Trials of mana and it's not really any different um i don't see yeah this is just an overview from the steam page so i don't see in this article anything specifically for smartphones i.e if it has controller support that's a big question of course but i hope so i really do it would make games like this a lot easier to play but yeah if you don't or don't want to or don't have the ability to play this on consoles or PC, you can get it on iOS stores right now. Um, going along with the video game awards from last night, the Nintendo eShop started up a big sale for the um, award winners and nominees. So anything that was mentioned from the Switch is uh, now available for sale. As far as JRPG goes, uh, really the only one that I saw was Monster Hunter Rise was discounted down to $44.99. And then Octopath Traveler was down to $42. But a couple other good ones on there, like the Legend of Zelda games, are down to $42. So if you're looking to save a few bucks, there's a couple of them on here that you certainly can. Uh, games that were not, that were 
uh, nominated but not on sale. Stuff like Shin Megami Tensei Five, brand new. They're they're not gonna <laughs> uh, they're not gonna do that. Including some of the other. Basically, if they thought they could get full price for it, still they weren't going to discount it. Uh, I.e., uh, Pokemon uh, Mario Party Superstars, Pokemon Snap, Mario Part, Mario Super Mario 3D World, and WarioWare. Uh, no, we're not putting those on sale. Those are full price <laughs> because we're not going to do that. There, there you go. Uh, another surprise announcement. I, I guess this was it, it. It seemed like a surprise to me. Uh, we talked about Tales of Luminaria coming out a little while ago on iOS and Android devices, but the previous entry for mobile phones in the Tales series, Tales of Crestoria. Um, it's coming to an end already. Uh, February the 6th of 2022 at 9 p.m. Pacific time. The game will no longer, uh, will end service. So you won't be able to play it anymore. Maybe there's an offline version that you can play, but um, there you go. It first launched uh, not long ago. I thought, I didn't think it'd been out that long. So July 16th of 2020, it'll... By the time this ends, it'll be about a year and a half worth of service before it uh, before it is done. Um, full the full notice from Bandai Namco just said we regret to announce the closure of the game. We thank you for your support and hope you enjoyed playing it. They'll keep the servers open a bit longer, but that's in. Uh, all items can be used until the last day. So if you have any items or gleamstones in your account, please use them before February seventh. As of today, they are disabling the purchase of new Gleamstones. For more information, check the in-game announcements. So if you are enjoying this one, um, you're not going to be able to enjoy it very much longer. Like I said, I tried it out. It wasn't bad. It was turn-based. It had all the old Tales characters in it. I I enjoyed that part of it. I just I didn't really get into the story at all for it. It had some promise, but... I guess they can really only support one game at a time. Although Luminaria and Crestaria couldn't have been more different with Crestaria being turn-based. It was very, very different having old characters than new ones, but there you go. It's done. Uh, Speaking of games using old characters, we briefly mentioned when we were talking about Bravely Default Brilliant Lights. Remember, this is the one coming to iOS and Android devices and I know uh, for some of you when I say insert game title and then uh, mobile devices you stop listening and I, I get that I really do but uh, this one looks like bravely default maybe not with Unreal Engine <laughs> like uh, BD2 but this one looks just like the games and from everything I've seen and now everything that I'm reading, it's just like it's turn based. You still have your brave and default uh, categories, and it uses some of the returning characters. So it's kind of going to be some fan service in there, but that's okay. Uh, if especially if you liked characters like Tiz, Agnes, Edia, and Ringabell, they're going to be in there. So you've got four different categories. I think it's four. Um, that I know of. Short-ranged characters, long-ranged support, and defense types. 
Um, of those categories, Tiz will be short range. The gameplay sh trailer shows him using what appears to be a dagger. Agnes, of course, will be support. Uh, she can utilize healing magic to restore health over party members. Adia, on the other hand, will slot into the role of defense character and uses a katana as her weapon. Lastly, Ring-A-Bell will be the long-range character, and he is shown using a longsword as a weapon of choice. As previously mentioned, Bravely Default Brilliant Lights will not be a character gotcha. This means that players can obtain characters through other means. Additionally, we'll have a player-versus-player player mode and rates. But that being said, it will focus mostly on single-player gameplay. It will release sometime for mobile devices in the future. Pre-registration is now available in Japan. Nothing yet here in the West as far as I know. But here's some details that we do know. Like I said, it will be turn-based combat. It will be just like the games. It will have that Brave and Default system as appeared in previous versions. Additionally, players will either create their parties based on their individual styles of play. That's kind of been one thing that's not been in those games. You pretty much had your party of four, and that's been it. Now, with the previous characters, maybe we'll even have some original ones for the game, you'll be able to kind of pick together what you want. Uh, I've not seen confirmation of... Uh, it sounds like it's just from uh, the first two Bravely games. I've not seen anything about characters coming in from Bravely Default 2 just yet. But maybe that's coming at a later point in time. Normally, when a trailer comes out for a game, I just say, hey, head over to the JRPG YouTube channel. You can check it out. I'm not doing it with this one. So Monarch, uh, being developed by the Ferayu company, is um, they had a new trailer pop up. Um, I'd love to say, hey, either go there and check it out, or you know, it's playing as I'm talking. But Monarch did this a while ago, and they started putting copyright claims on all their videos, which I, that's fine. I don't, I don't blame them in any any respects. But that means I can't share them. <laughs> In my usual fashion, even though my channel is not monetized, I am purely spreading the good word about your product to as many people as possible. Uh, they say no, and um, that means I can't share it. However, obviously I did on the social media channels, so if you want to head over to Twitter or Facebook, you can check out this new, um, kind of focused on the uh, gameplay of the game and explaining its battle system. A little bit better. Each playable character in the field will be paired and fight alongside their fiend. These are demons tied to ego, which correspond to the seven deadly sins like greed and pride. Up to six people can be on the field at a time. The strategic in in the strategic RPG fight, you'll position your allies and their fiends to attack. There's also a mad gauge that will feel as you as you fight. When madness kicks in, you'll enter a berserk state. This makes you stronger than normal. However, you will attack anyone on the field. When it ends, the character who went mad will, quote, self-destruct. That video uh, showed some additional gameplay and cling to it, and people can hear the theme song, Pelodies. Monarch will appear on PS4, PS5, Switch, and PC on February 22nd of 2022. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we talked a little bit ago about the Fantasy Life Online game in Japan coming to a close and wondered about its English release. Well, it's coming. 
um, and is here right now. Started back on December the 7th. Um, the service went live outside of Japan. And there you go. I I thought that was pretty odd, to be quite frank. But it is it is there. You can play it if you would like to. This comes from our friends over at Level 5. They put out some fantastic games in the past. That's kind of one reason why I, why I did that. There was a trailer that went along for that, of course. Players will get to pick one of 12 different jobs, which are your lives. Some of these are typical RPG fare, like Major Warrior. However, you could also be a chef or a tailor. It's said in a world called Riveria, which initially had no sense of purpose for its people. After a goddess appeared, people could take on different lives. Each player is God's envoy. Envoy. Your goal is to help the town grow, better yourself, and also protect the area from abnormalities. People can play alone or with others. Game is now available on Android and Apple devices. I'm not sure if it's costly. I think the article doesn't mention that. I'm guessing it's free, but there you go. If you've been looking forward to it, there you go. Um, we've talked a little bit about the Atlas and the Persona 25th anniversary celebration that's going on. This is in Japan, but I'm sure they'll let you buy things if you really want to. The second round of items is now up on this shop. This includes a Morgana plush for about 40 bucks. Looks pretty good. I don't know. That's probably the one thing I'd pony up for out of all these things. There's a Persona 5 tarot card replica. A Persona series poster-style acrylic stand. Protagonist doll costume set. Persona acrylic diorama stand. Persona 25th anniversary uh, thermos. A Persona 25th anniversary zip-up hoodie. A anniversary tote bag. And some special motif keychains. Um, prices go from anywhere as uh, cheap as 7 bucks for one of the keychains all the way up to $96 for that poster-style acrylic stand set. Um, there you go. Yeah, lots of things going on. And there will be more. Lots more coming, I'm sure, that they're all in the works. Um, I'm just going to briefly touch on this because this is actually one of the things I'm going to talk about with Jordan in our first uh, Sunday special coming back um, at the beginning of the year. I'm nearly positive. Let me check on my calendar. That'll be on Sunday, January the 2nd. We're planning on a time to record that. Actually, we're trying to work that out. Right now, that'll be our first Sunday special we've had in quite a while. Um, that's going to be exclusive for either subscribers who uh, pay the $2 monthly fee via Anchor or anyone who has signed up on Patreon for any level of support. You'll be given the access code to that special podcast. That's what it's going to be each week when we do our Sunday specials. All the links are down below in the description. Um, <laughs> but one of the, we're talking Tales of Arise. And one of the things that popped up this past week was uh, Tales of Arise producer Yasu Tamazawa. He shared several points during a recent meeting. And um, one of the points he said was he wanted to make sure that Tales of Arise would be an immersive 
which it was, but stress-free experience for players. So when I shared this on our socials, um, Hans immediately chipped in and, and Jake and, and Jordan too, that that was not the case. Uh, while it was for probably a little bit, uh, the, in particular, the boss battles were not stress-free. So I don't know. We'll, we'll expand upon that idea just a little bit, but, um, yeah, we, we all thought that was an interesting choice, and I do feel they made the game a little more accessible with the easier modes, but yeah, stress-free is not a term I would have used <laughs> at all. Um, if you're a PlayStation Now subscriber, you will now have a chance to play Final Fantasy X and X2 HD Remaster uh, back on December the 7th. They joined the PlayStation Now update. That's pretty cool, of course. Um, these are the fourth and fifth Fossil games to join PlayStation Now. You could have played seven back in September. Eight and nine are also on there. Um, if you really want to, Grand Theft Auto 3 is also on there as well. Uh, let's see. PlayStation Now can be played on PS4, PS5, and PC. It costs $9.99 a month or $59.99. A year. I kind of said that as I want to lead in to our last story, and this is more of um, hopeful James speaking. So, I've n I've done PlayStation Plus a little bit in the past. Ultimately, been kind of disappointed and felt like I was just getting some free games that I didn't really want. Or the worst is you've already bought those games day one, and now they're giving to you for free you know, sometime later. If you don't stay a PlayStation Plus subscriber, you don't have access to those games, which I understand. Uh, but I've never done PS Now. Uh, Sony is reportedly planning to merge PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now into a single-tier-based subscription service. Now, this isn't definite, but it makes a whole lot of sense and uh, we'll kind of bring it up to date more with uh, Game Pass's idea. So this is dubbed Project Spartacus. And the service would offer three-tiered library of PlayStation games, including classic titles from PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP, and will launch sometime in the spring. Project Spartacus is split into three tiers of monthly subscription fees. The new PlayStation Subscription service will per rule. I'm going to stop right there and get my tongue untied. It will reportedly continue to use the PS Plus branding with Sony phasing out the PlayStation Now service. So it's just going to all be included. A little less confusion that way as well. Uh, furthermore, Sony is looking into expanding into cloud gaming services. That makes sense. As well, so here's the first tier it includes PlayStation Plus benefits. Currently, these include the ability to play online, which that was one other thing. I don't really play online multiplayer games, so it didn't really affect me as much. There are some special discounts you will see, like if a game goes on sale and you get 25% off for everybody, plus members might get 33% or 50%. It's just a little bump up on those. Um, 
and of course access to free titles. It used to be when it first started, you would get, you know, PS4, Vita, and PS5. I guess that was not really the case, but it used to be multiple systems. Now I think it's just PS5 games that you're getting for free. Um, but yeah, the uh, the there you go. That's that's the current deal. The second tier will send around a large catalog of PS4 and PS5 games. This is similar to what PlayStation Now offers at the moment. Here's the tier that I'm interested in, assuming it doesn't cost an arm and leg. The third tier will offer a library of classic PlayStation titles from PS1 to PS3 in addition to PSP. I'm assuming Vita is in there as well. Additionally, the third tier will unlock access to extended demos and game streaming services. What this means for current PS3 and PS Vita PlayStation stores is unclear. They'd already talked about shutting those down. Fans said no. So maybe it's just trying to tie everything all into one. But yeah, that's been one thing that's been really frustrating with me is that I've got this backlog of PS1 games um, sitting on my Vita and PS3, but I can't play them on my 4 or 5. And that seems kind of odd since they're digital. You would kind of think that you could, but uh, maybe this service kind of finally solves that problem because I sure would like to have it be a lot easier to play. Um, and again, that's kind of why I'm so interested Um in this idea, but we'll see if that actually happens or not. I, this seems awfully detailed and something that might happen, but uh, yeah, this sometime in the spring when I hear news of it, I will pass it on to you guys. That's going to do it for episode 195. My name is James Fisher. Thank you so much for tuning in this week and every week. We'll probably get back to our normal Thursday schedule uh, coming up next week. Christmas falls on the weekend. So Shouldn't really affect anything going into the holiday season. You've got about two weeks left if you've been procrastinating on your shopping. So uh, maybe take a break from gaming and uh, get your loved ones a couple prezzies. But until next time, guys, signing off. We'll see you back again next week. So get back out there and level up. <laughs>